Join me in celebrating Women's History Month. On March 27th, I'm hosting a special virtual event, For Her, By Her, presented by Fiverr. We'll be spotlighting and interviewing some of the most successful female business owners and their experiences with Fiverr. In the U.S., women are driving growth, and each year that percentage increases. Women-led startups have more than doubled since 2020, and from 2019 to 2023, women-owned businesses' growth rate outpaced the rate of men's in new businesses' employment and revenue. In this panel discussion, you'll hear from top female business owners who have not only started their own companies, but cater to women through their products and services. Don't miss out. Head to bossproject.com slash RSVP and save your seat for this empowering event created by women for women. It's free to attend. I can't wait to see you there. That's bossproject.com slash RSVP. This message is sponsored and brought to you by Fiverr. Today on the show, we have Carrie Grace McQuaid. She is a former teacher turned motivational speaker. And most of the time she spends traveling the U.S. spreading joy and kindness to companies, colleges, sororities, schools, and more. But as you can imagine, <laughs> life went on pause. And today we're talking about what it looks like to spread joy in this crazy time we're living in. Yeah. If you guys don't know, Carrie's gotten literally viral from her acts of spreading kindness. And so we brought her on just to open up the conversation about our feelings and thoughts and how to be kind, how to open up capacity for others, how to take care of our mental space, what to even be focusing on business. How do we process that? How do we start a day off in a good day when all of this is kind of a big fat question mark for the economy, for our health, for our lives, for our jobs, for our income, and literally everything in between. So I feel like Carrie gives some really good action steps for you guys. If you are in the headspace of welcoming those steps, I encourage you to keep listening. If you feel like you've been overwhelmed with resources, pause and just come back to this when you do feel open, because I do feel like it is worth your attention and your time, but I want you to be in the right headspace. So keep listening if you're in the right spot. And honestly, truly, like let's be the amazing community and the amazing crowd. You guys are literally the best people that rise from all of this and that help each other out in the ways that we feel like we can. Hey, Carrie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, I'm so excited to have you. Although I feel like using the word excited at all just already feels insensitive, but I just know that like the world is going through something. And when I started to think of who did I think could like brighten the mood, although I totally recognize you're also going through this. I just feel like you always seem to have a positive spin on life and you bring a lot of joy to people and bring a lot of communities together. And if you guys haven't listened to more of Carrie's story and how she got to what she does today, which is honestly, your job is fascinating to me, but that's not what this <laughs> is about. Today, we want to kind of focus on what can we do to acknowledge where we're at, but like spread some kindness in between. And I'm sure you have a lot to say about this. So can you give us a little bit of background though on how you started? I don't know. What do you even call yourself? Yeah. A little background on myself. My, so my parents kind of always raised me to look for the good and just to help people where you can. And so I went into education as a result and I taught for a few years and then I went into entrepreneurship and have done a wide range of things, but it kind of all led me to what I'm doing now, which is I'm a motivational speaker. I do a lot of talks around culture mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure I will do quite a bit after this on the restructuring of culture, yeah. but a lot of it is this idea of what happens when we treat people better at work mm -hmm. and in life. But when I go into companies, it's this idea of work is hard. 
and you are there a lot of hours. And what happens when you don't assume things about people? What happens when you go in with more empathy? What happens when you have more compassion? Because so often we bring things into work from home and we don't tell people, oh, I'm attracted to a child or I have a chronic illness or I have a situation. And so coworkers treat you based on you being what they would consider an average human. And we aren't average humans, if that makes sense. We all carry burdens at different points in time. Yeah. So really it's to open people's eyes up to go, what if we did better? Yeah, totally. Well, I think these lessons are extremely needed right now because Abby and I are literally asking ourselves those questions this week with our own team and with our own community of what do they need? How can we be more empathetic? How can we be supportive, helpful, and keep our lights on and make sales and do all of these other right. things? So right. Really I think that that brings us together during this time and that is just so unique. For once, we are all in this together. Like I know people say we're all in this together, but like literally we are all going through this simultaneously. And it's the most bizarre, but also unifying thing that could possibly happen. Yes. It's a weird spot to be in when you drive down the road and you go, oh, your life's messed up too. And not just mine. And it's beautiful and hard at the same time. It's like, sometimes I think what makes it so hard is that we love heroes Mm -hmm. and we love this idea of someone being the hero. And the problem is not to say we can't help each other, but it's, I think right now every person is suffering. And so it's hard in that situation where you just want to vent, but the other person you're venting to has their own version of suffering. And that actually makes it really difficult. Instead of going, well, you're my support right now. We are trying to support each other and suffer at the same time. And we've never had those two hand in hand ever. Like we were talking prior to this about, you know, mass shootings. Well, we as a country can rally around a community and go, we are here for you, but yet we can't even begin to fathom what it does to a community unless we have skin in the game. And now we are all skin in the game. Right. Yeah. Well, so Well, I have a specific tactical question, mostly for selfish reasons, because I want to know how I can do this. Talk to me about how can we kindly set boundaries with the people in our lives. So like, I will call her out because she doesn't listen to this podcast. My dear mother calls me three times a day to update me on how many people have died and how many people are sick and what is happening in the world. And it is starting to make me really anxious and depressed. But I also know this is a way for her again to cope through the stress of her own life because she is going through it just like I'm going through it. And so if it's not our mom, if it's our boss, if it's our colleague, if it's our sister or our spouse, whatever, how can we be reframing those conversations to protect our own space? A really good sentence is to say, this is my capacity. So you can understand what her thing is, but if you can say, my capacities have one conversation a day, you can say, what happens when you call me three times a day is I'm doing really well and I'm being productive and I'm talking to my team. And then you are pulling me away from that mind space. And it would be helpful for me to have a conversation with you at seven. And also asking the person, because sometimes they may not need that much, but they think that that's making them feel better. And it may actually be making them feel worse too. So having a conversation to go, I want to serve you, but here's my limitations. When you were calling me at 7am, I am now able to function in the day. And so as much as I want to support you, I can only support you X amount of hours or X amount of time, you know? And so it's really finding that balance between mm-hmm. don't close people out and say, you're not important or right. your feelings don't matter. But I think it's finding this balance of you also don't want to have a panic attack because mm-hmm. someone's calling you and letting you know that a hundred more people died. Like there's, that's a real dance. And you know, and it depends on the relationship. I think some relationships are going to be strengthened. And I think some are going to be weakened as a result of this because mm-hmm. every person has a capacity. And I think some people have a high capacity, especially extroverts in the world are probably like, yeah, call me every day, all day. I, would, I just, you know, call, call me, me. And, and introverts are rejoicing. No, and I am not. <laughs> you know, it's a dance, but I think you have to realize that 
we are in a give and receive time period when that's really never happened. You have to think that both people are suffering. And so how do you suffer well in those relationships? Because everyone's paying a price. And so maybe Mm -hmm. it means you have to do two calls and your mom has to cut one. And then maybe even say to your mom, hey, every time you call, I'd love to have conversations. But when you end the call, can you find a new story to share with me that's really positive? Can you also share something of a positive, joyful nature of people helping people? Because then you're ending on a positive note. So it's just reframing things like that with people to really give one, here's my boundary. And then two, how can I help you? And those can go in the same sentence. I think what I'm struggling with is sort of on the other end of the spectrum of like seeing people that you can tell need support, like you can tell need some level of outreach, but then knowing personally your capacity is like already overflowing. Mm -hmm. And so you want to, and like your desire is there, but like I made the mistake yesterday of asking someone how it was actually going. And then they told me, and then my whole day was kaput. Like (laughs) I was crying. I will be the first to admit this is the biggest roller coaster of my life. Like, because I already had stuff that was filling my plate that I wasn't talking about publicly that I was dealing with. And then you add on this thing that puts stress and work and personal relationships and I mean, literally every other aspect of my life. And now all of a sudden I'm like, I don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. So how do you figure out I mean, obviously taking care of yourself first is important, but when we do have the desire to serve and to support, what can we do that's supportive that maybe doesn't take away as much from us? The question is maybe you don't ask as many questions. You just make statements. Hey, I'm here for you. All the people in the wedding industry, you know, they are probably industry people right now are probably, there are layers of people who are suffering more. We don't obviously know, but there are definitely people. And, you know, I'm sure us all being entrepreneurs, we're seeing a ton of people in our circles massively struggling for a lot of number of reasons. It's just even to say, hey, you know, I'm touching base with you. Here's the thing too. I've actually touched base with people and some people are doing well. And that also is hard for me to hear too. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Well, I I (laughs) I texted a couple people and two people today and they came back and said, actually, things are doing better. I mean, I have friends who work in companies and let me tell you, those companies are doing extremely well. Yeah. They are the digitally based Mm -hmm. companies that do well when everything goes digital. You're looking at companies that sell alcohol. They're probably doing just fine. You're looking at grocery stores. Charmin, toilet paper is doing great. You know, they're doing great. So that's also hard too. That's a hard balance too when you also message someone and you're expecting to be supportive and then they come back and say, I'm fine. And you're like, well, I'm not. So I think it's a balance of maybe making statements. Sometimes it maybe means you send an email instead of texting. So that way you don't have to, you don't have to look at it right away. Hey, I know this must be hard for you. I'm just reaching out. Yeah, I'm here for you. But then you don't have to be instantly there for them. You don't, I think sometimes we live in this instant culture of like, let me send DMs. Sometimes it's also okay to have normal conversations that are about normal things. Like yeah. just to, you know, have a, hey, how's this other thing going that you know isn't related to this circumstance? Like I've had a couple friends I've even been texting about just random things because sometimes that makes it feel normal. Mm-hmm. But it's a balance. I think it's really a balance. And here's the thing, like we don't have to save everybody. And maybe our capacity mm-hmm. in this is, I'm looking at myself going, I literally have time now but I don't have money necessarily because all my events Mm -hmm. got moved. And so all the money I thought I'd have in April, May, and June are now questionable. And so that's terrifying for me. And so I have to focus some of my energy on what are the next things I'm going to do to make money? When is this possibly going to end so that I can go back out there? And so I don't have as much bandwidth as I'd like to have to really serve people. So it's also just knowing that that's your bandwidth and going like, I wish I could go and help everyone, but right now, I'm in my own bad situation and Mm -hmm. you don't want to come back six months later and go, well, I helped everyone and everyone's Mm -hmm. fine and I'm not. So it's a dance, but I think it's okay to give yourself permission to go, this is hard. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, people have children at home constantly mm-hmm. now. I mean, people's whole lives are changed. You know, it's like people went from, I don't want to ever have my kids at home. We have a nanny, a babysitter, whatever, to I'm a homeschool parent now. So I'm a homeschool mom now. Yeah. Right, right. And it's stressful for people. And so it's like, I think everyone's bandwidth, whether you had a ton or not, is gone to some capacity. And so just acknowledging maybe your goal is just to text one person every day. Mm-hmm. How you doing? Sending emails. It's a balance. But I think like you're saying, it's okay to know your bandwidth is zero right now. Yeah. And that's all you can do. Yeah. I will tell you the talking about the things unrelated have been huge for me. Yes. I mean, I literally had a whole conversation about sourdough starter and I was like, this is the most escapism conversation I've ever had (laughs) that has literally nothing to do with anything. But I'm like, maybe I need a project. Maybe I need to like mm-hmm. get some yeast and like grow shit in my kitchen. I don't actually even know if how If you it could make it. me a sourdough starter, that I great. mean, I'll work on it. Like, because I have all this time now. Okay, let's talk about that. I think that's important to acknowledge. Everyone keeps saying we have all this time. It's the same amount of time yeah. we had before, but now we have the strangest circumstances ever surrounding it. So like if one more person tells me this is the best time to read a bunch of books, I'm going to throw a book at their face. Right. Time has shifted. I should say that time has shifted. I mean, in theory, I have what they would call more time, but I'm looking at the fall going, if this yeah. all comes back around and yeah. we're okay by June, I'm probably not going to sleep in my bed till 2021. Yeah. And so time is relative in the situation. I think that certain people who had a job that they went to that were nine to five, and all of a sudden they're working from home. They're probably being way more productive, not working as much. And all of a sudden they can read books. So for some people, yes, all of a sudden they're like, wow, my boss doesn't know that I'm only working till three. Some people whose lives were not massively altered. I mean, to be honest with you, I had someone tell me the other day that her kids are at home now, but she said all of her coworkers are remote and most of them don't have kids. And so every day they get on and they do calls, their life actually isn't changed. They still are employed and they still do the remote work. Yeah. Nothing changed They're in their life. They're just doing it with no pants on. <laughs> they were already doing remote work. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She said nothing so, yeah. changed. Nothing yeah. Right. Changed. Yeah. And I think that's the thing to remember is that like certain industries, life goes on to an extent. Yep. And some people, I feel like those industries we mentioned before, the events, travel, whatever, like forever change based on the next six months. But then there's some people that are like, based on the results of things that I yet do not know the answer to, I am sitting on a big fat question mark for what my job looks like. Yes. I don't know if anyone's worse than the other, but... Well, it's all, yeah, it's all relative. relative Right, right, to whatever. So I would love to kind of talk about a little bit more businessy stuff in the sense of what I have seen the most solidarity when I shared it the other day on stories, a lot of people responded back where I shared and Tuesday was second day of quarantine and I was already losing my mind, but I was like, I don't even know what to work on. Like, I don't know what deserves my attention right now. I'm finding a really weird balance of like, okay, I'm home with my kid. I would love to just enjoy that for part of it instead of like stressing out about trying to make a meeting and keep her quiet and do these things. I don't have the headspace to strategize like we used to, but what can we still do? But so I shared that, like, I literally don't know what to focus on in my job to keep it growing and thriving and living and all of those things. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people responded where they're like, yeah, I'm like looking at my business, like what deserves my attention? What makes sense right now? So if you have any exercises about kind of trying to identify those things or at least feeling like we can tackle some things, but not all the things. Yeah. I mean, I think things will have to be dropped off now. I mean, for me, I just am kind of writing a list and I'll just circle. Okay. Today, but I really think what will be helpful for people is you do one thing every day. 
if it takes you four months and we're in this for four months and you just do one thing every day, at the end of four months, you're going to go, you know, I got some stuff done. I mean, I've been creating lists of companies that I can contact. Now is not the time to do it, right. but that's something I can do to go, you know what, when this question mark goes away, I'm going to be better equipped because I'm going to have 200 companies to reach out to immediately. They're rescheduling events. Their speakers might not be available. They pre-scheduled. So everyone is so overwhelmed. And there's grace for it too. Like if you have a child at home, just by default, and that wasn't how your business was set up to operate, you are not going to operate at the same level of capacity and productivity as before. But you're also just going to learn new skills. That's kind of like you're going to learn how to adapt. We're all basically learning how to adapt at the same time and no one wants to do it. Yep. I have notifications on my phone for Marco Polo and it keeps telling me people add on Marco Polo. And I'm like, well, people are just adapting to an app yeah. to communicate. Don't do nothing but be okay with not doing everything. And so my Enneagram three hurts. Yes, so. <laughs> mine, does, mine does too. I have an Enneagram three slash two, but you want to be productive, but then redefine what is achieving. What does it yeah. mean? I think everyone's Enneagram is hurting in some capacity. Just so you know, I'm a peacekeeper and oh. this is my worst nightmare. Yes, this is the ninth worst nightmare. That's I'm dating a nine. I'm like, how are you doing? There's no peace, but I think everyone's got an area that's a pain point for them. And I for think, sure. you know, the achievers of the world, the people who want everything to go well, any category, really is having a hard time. Oh, but I for sure. It's acknowledgement. I can start with acknowledgement. Mm -hmm. What can I do today? And that's it. You make a list and you make it small. Yeah. And you make it manageable. Yeah. Well, you've been known for your ability to spread kindness in like maybe not alternative ways or like interesting ways. <laughs> Outside the box. Outside the box ways. Yeah. And I definitely feel like people have been coming together and creating community unlike yeah. I've ever seen before. Yeah. Like things are popping up every yeah. single day. But what are your ideas? What are some of the things that you're maybe thinking about? I'm trying to think through a lot of things. The problem is, which is hard in this situation, is some of the things that we would do to be helpful are actually harmful, if that makes yeah. sense. Like we can't go into nursing homes. Right. It's a hard dance where how do you help people when the rule is you can't touch anyone? To keep you know? them safe. Yeah. yeah. And so that's a really interesting you know, dance. I think there's a million and two ways to connect with people, whether it's writing cards, whether it's checking in with people that you know are struggling because we just know for a fact yeah. there's certain people that are, you know, you had a wedding on Saturday and it's not happening. That's devastating. This is like the time where it's so basic, if that makes sense, because yeah. I think we are, and that's what sometimes I go into speak and I'm like, write a note to your coworker. Like how many times a year do they get a note at their office? I think it's really just checking in on people, especially for kids. What are things you can do with your kids? Okay, we're writing notes. Have your kids write notes to nursing homes. Have your kids write notes to the neighbors. Like you're saying, there's so many stories. I mean, so I saw the other day someone dressed up as like Mr. Incredible and just threw roses in people's front yards. And I thought, well, that's an interesting way that, you know, it's, there's a million and two ways that we can come together. And this is like the first time where like the actual internet is good for once where it's like, oh, Instagram's so terrible. I've never seen so many people go live in my life on Instagram. I get on I there know. like everyone's live. All the live. notifications upstairs, <laughs> yes. everyone is I got, live. <laughs> I got to swipe past everyone who went live, but what an awesome time. I wonder if we're going to come out of this better people because... I hope so. I was telling them earlier that I'm hoping to at some point get engaged and married. And I said, well, we'll tell our kids someday yeah. about this year. I mean, this yeah. will be the year that we will always talk about. I think the thing is this, as asking yourself this question, especially when you're doing acts of kindness, when you look back on 2020 and you're telling your kids or your grandkids or anyone significant in your life, are you going to want to tell them about how much it sucked and how mm -hmm. much anxiety you had? Or you want to tell them, it was a terrible situation and here's what we did. Here's what our yeah. family did. Here's what our community did. And so you've got to create those moments and those memories. Like I have two roommates right now and we laugh because we are never home at the same time. And we now have like rules and systems and we eat dinner together every night and we're just together. And our life was so busy that our schedules never overlap. And now we're doing you know breakfast or dinner and all of a sudden it's like, okay, we're going to remember this. When we walk mm -hmm. away from this and we no longer live together, we're going to remember the 
three weeks, we, you know, had a schedule, we had a routine. Like last night we did a low night and everyone ate dinner and then everyone went to the rooms and they did their own thing. You know, we played games one night. So it's like, you make the best of it, but you got to ask yourself, what are the stories you want to tell? And then you got to go live those stories. And so if you want to have a narrative and anxiety, then you can read the news every day and you can panic and you can have conversations about how terrible this is, or you get to choose, well, what if I do fun things? So I really think about that, like long-term, a year from now, what are the stories you're going to want to share? Mm -hmm. That's why these feel-good stories are getting shared so much. I mean, I saw the other day, it was actually really cute. It was two women were supposed to run a marathon. I don't know if you saw this and their little kids got like a little toilet paper and they made like a little finish line. I think they ran 26 miles in Seattle and their daughter stood at this fake finish line. And so again, they're choosing to make a really positive thing on negative. They're involving their kids and their kids are going to have this photo for life of their moms running across the toilet paper finish line and Mm -hmm. them following through. So stuff like that. It's like, some of these goals are going to look different. I'm like, well, I was going to get engaged and it was going to look like this and now it's going to look like this. And it's just different. And I think yeah. it's us adapting to different and how can we come along? People want feel-good stories, so make them. And they don't have to necessarily, I mean, yes, I, there's probably a million things you could do, but I think just small things on repeat is kind of what people yeah. need. It's kind of like, can I get groceries for you? Can I help you with this? Yeah. You know, and I went to Aldi the other day and some lady was like, I don't have money for a quarter. I'm like, just have my cart. Yeah. Super simple. And I might've already done that to begin with, but it's like, here you go. Going to the grocery store is now a nightmare. You know, like all these mm-hmm. things that felt normal. Like we will joke, I'm sure at some point about the time where we ran out of toilet paper. You know what I mean? Like no one in their lifetime thought we would have a toilet paper shortage. And so there's, you know, <laughs> anything you can do, normalize it. I don't know if you yeah. guys saw Jimmy Fallon. I was actually, I didn't finish watching it, but he did like at home and his kids were crawling all over him in his video. Oh my gosh. His daughter is sitting on his shoulders and he's trying to record like TV for everyone. Television. <laughs> Television. He did Skype with Lynn Miranda Manuel. And, you know, they both were just talking about being homeschool parents, but that's so much better than him going into a studio yeah. by himself, the producer and creating it. Yeah. He's going, I'm in it with you. And so I yeah. think that was his act of kindness of going, I got a kid on my back too. I'm learning math. Someone I'm said learning him, math. You know, someone said to him, oh, you must have a lot more free time to write. You know, get, I have two children and I'm trying to run a show out of my home yeah. with my wife as my producer. <laughs> it was funny. And I thought, well, that's a really great way mm-hmm. to normalize it for us, you know, instead of going, ah, I can, you know, they all have money and they can make it work if they really wanted to. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built in collaboration features. So together you can see your finances, budget and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. Today's podcast is sponsored by Squarespace, the only all-in-one website platform we use and recommend to our clients. 
Squarespace makes it easy to create beautiful websites, engage with your audience, and sell your products and services all in one place. Visit squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace has professional website templates with designs for nearly every category and use case. Start with a flexible template, then customize it to fit your unique needs. With Squarespace extensions, you can connect your website to vetted third-party tools to fully customize your website exactly the way you want it. Whether you sell services, products, or digital items, Squarespace has the tools you need for your online store. You can now host your videos on Squarespace and show them on beautiful video pages. You can even sell access to your videos with member areas. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash boss project to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash boss project. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. With over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire. We've had to weed through hundreds of applications in the past. We could have saved so much time if we'd used Indeed. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. What I'm super excited about is not only coming out of it better, like I'm learning a lot of patience these weeks and these days and how to teach and hang out with my kid and be imaginative and all of the things that we're doing. But also in the bigger picture of, I am so excited to see what policies are going to change, what big movements around our country within healthcare or government or education or employment or benefits or whatever are going to be made positive because of this, because we're Mm -hmm. seeing a lot of things fall apart and be really, really hard for people right now when they don't have to be. And so I'm very excited to see that potential in the years to come. Well, it's so interesting. My husband keeps saying like, I feel like we're in a storybook except we're the characters. And perhaps this is one of the few times in your lifetime where you know you're living in a moment in history while it's being written. Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like I felt that way around 9-11, but there was so much backstory that happened until the moment it happened, you know? Right. Whereas this is like ever evolving. and unfolding I, before and it's eyes. Yeah. And it's just like, and it's slow. And even right now where it's sitting at March 19th when we recorded this, I feel like the worst of it hasn't unfolded right. yet, which is mm-hmm. terrifying right. to like, cause you're preparing for the I'm climax like of the story a little bit. Right. <laughs> And so you're like, I don't actually have any idea and nobody knows, Mm -hmm. but the idea of focusing on what do I want my story to be Mm -hmm. is huge because I think so much of us are just trying to survive that the idea of like also doing something positive or also thriving feels 
hard or, but it also makes us literally happier. So like, and I'm yelling at this to myself because, you know, my capacity most days are zero, but I'm just like, I think it will literally make me feel better if I just try to do something. But like knowing what that is, I'm not quite sure Mm -hmm. what that is, but let's figure it out. Yeah. I just think a lot of people are going to look back and go, we panic for nothing. I mean, some people are going to come out and they're going to be fine. You know what I mean? Like some Mm -hmm. companies are going to be better for it. People are going to be better for it. I'm not saying everyone's going to come out better. I think that there can be some circumstances where we're going to have to change a lot of policies and people are going to suffer immensely. I mean, I also think too, just like depression's real, anxiety's real, all those things are real. And I think it's perfectly, I think for me, what's been really helpful is I even last night, cause I was, you know, struggling. I'm like, okay, where are my grief points mm-hmm. and where are solutions? Like even with work, I've been doing some babysitting, which I have a background in. I used to be a teacher and I'm like, well, you know what? That's paying the bills for right now. So I've come up with a short-term solution. And I think for me, it was helpful to go, I am grieving because I would much rather be speaking on stages. Yeah, That is what I feel made to do. But I feel okay that I came up with a short-term solution that doesn't have to be the rest of my life. Yeah. Just has to be for the season. And I don't know how long I'll do. I mean, it might be two weeks. Like I'm just helping a family now because they have to go to work. Their jobs haven't shifted. And it's helpful for me to have money that I'm not having come in from a different paycheck. And so I think it's just, it's not even a level of shame or guilt. I think people are feeling like I failed. Mm-hmm. Okay, all my weddings I booked aren't happening, and I planned around these paychecks. And you, I'm feel, like, of course you did, and rightfully so. But I think people feel this level of, mm-hmm. and so I think it's important to go. What are the things that you are grieving? There have been things I've cried about. I'm like, yeah. I would like to get married in the fall, and that is a big question mark. Yeah, that's a huge question mark. Yeah, I want to go to Mexico. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. There's a, on the beach. That's a huge question mark. Yeah, there's all these things. I mean, I've been lucky in some senses. A lot of my stuff has gotten moved. A lot of my things that were question mark have gotten moved. Mm-hmm. That's but nice. that's yeah. not a guarantee too. You know, I've had a lot of things go, okay, we'll do it in the summer. I would say 90% of my stuff got moved. But it's, again, there's still a grief of everyone is grieving something. Everyone's going to lose something and everyone's going to gain something. And it's going to be just different for every person. And that makes it hard where it's like, you you want it to be fair. Well, if I'm suffering, you should suffer. I think it's really helpful to just go, what are your actual griefs? Like list them out. What are your griefs? And then I think sometimes that's helpful. You can go, well, is there any solutions to this? And I think that there's joy in that. I think that there is comfort. That was me last night. I just listed all these things that I said, what is currently not working for me? Mm-hmm. What are things I need to do in order to get back on track? And then, okay, I'm going to start with those things. And you know, I feel kind of stressed out because I'm like working part day and then I'm like coming home trying to do stuff with my business. Like it's not ideal, but it's like, you know what? I think the reminder is whatever you choose to do in the next four to six months are not forever. Yep. You know, some people might go back and get a part-time job. Yeah. Some people might not have a job and live off their husband's salary and feel like they're not contributing. Mm-hmm. Some people might not be the breadwinners and they become the breadwinners. And I think that there's just going to be shifts in everyone's life. And, and I think it doesn't have to be permanent. This is not our new normal. It's a temporary right. This is normal. a temporary new normal that we have yeah. to sit in, but it's uncomfortable. And so I think it's helpful for people to acknowledge their grief points, acknowledge where they're having anxiety, and then think of solutions if there are any. And then I think out of that space, once you get into a more solution-driven mindset, you are able to free yourself up to think about how can I then help other people? How can I then serve other people. Because I think if we're in panic mode, it's a lot harder to be like, let me go write cards for a nursing home. You just like write out a panicky card. <laughs> yes, yeah. We will survive. But you know, it's, it's, and that's the thing too, it's like reading positive stories. I think those yeah. positively reinforce, you know, I'm reading all these. Oh, I've things. loved reading about the dolphins in the Venice canals. Yes. Because yes. I've been to Venice and I've seen how dirty the city was mm-hmm. and been like kind of unimpressed a little bit, which is sad to say about a very beautiful place in the world. But I just think there can be positive moments that come out of this and us celebrating them 
does not belittle the grief that other people are, or that we're even going through. Like, cause we all need that light. And I feel like so many people feel like they're walking on eggshells, like afraid to offend their best friend or their neighbor or someone else online or another entrepreneur or whatever. And it's like, you know what, before we were all trying to do our job and live and make ends meet and pay the bills and whatever, like that hasn't changed. Right. And like, we want to thrive and we want to do it together, but no one will be put down in the process unless we put them down in the process. Right, right, right. right. But it's a hard dance. It's a a hard dance. And if you guys haven't seen any of them yet, I'm sure you've heard about this, but I shared a link to my personal Facebook, but I think you could just search it. There's a bunch of places doing virtual field trips and they're obviously intended for kids. So they're like gathered for that. But we watched some of them last night and they're super fun. So there's just like live cams at random zoos or aquariums oh, or I'm sure you guys have seen the video of like where the zookeepers let the penguins yes, out. Yes, it's so cute. The exhibits. It's so cute. Like, oh my God. So anything like that, I think looking at animals literally makes us happy. If they're doing cute yes. things, like find yes. the little surges of like good hits that you can take throughout the day from seeing positive stories and light and truly like it affects your brain and your well-being. So go do yeah. that. As humans, we're not really built to sit in a home. No. I mean, we are and we aren't because we have things like Netflix. You know what I mean? Like we have an Instagram. <laughs> we have built that for us. <laughs> we have built it for ourselves. But I think as humans, we are really driven for connectivity and community. And mm-hmm. the problem is I think if we could all go outside and help each other, we would. I know. And the problem is we can't. And that's mm-hmm. where people go, well, how can I do acts of kindness and stay inside? Yeah. That's, I think, where the rub really happens of how can I really serve people? Yeah. And also, please go outside. You guys can sit yes. on your balcony, <laughs> deck, patio, whatever. Yeah. Open windows. For sure. I think if someone were to look at my life from the outside looking in, it doesn't look different. You know, right. like I work from home. I don't have kids, but it doesn't feel the same. Like right. it doesn't mm-hmm. feel the same, my life and the way I'm functioning within the same confines are different. And just like my wanting of touch and hugs and just being around other humans. This is my dream where I'm like, ah, six feet. (laughs) (laughs) But like for a person that needs that to feel love, I've never felt more isolated in my life where the only person I've seen in days is my spouse. Mm -hmm. And like, I mean, people via camera and I'm like, meh, you were just okay before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about you. No, it's okay. Abby, do you want to take us into talk strategy to me? Yeah. Carrie, I'd love if you could break this down for people. Cause I know right now listening to this probably brightens some people's moods, but they're waking up and every day seems to be different. Some days they're waking up and they're like, I think I can manage today. And other days they're waking up like, I don't even know if I want to get out of bed. And that reality is the same for so many of us. So how can we look at every day and try to have some sort of positive mindset? And what are like three to five action steps you would take so that we maybe could write the story the way we want to write it this time? How can we wake up with a positive mindset? Oh. Well, I think maybe starting with a good news story to begin with. You look at the good stuff, whether you find an Instagram account or something, because it's so easy to go on. Like someone say Google, and then I'm like, I don't understand half the stuff that's happening, and it's terrifying to read it. You're like googling the virus, and then you're like, I don't know what's happening, and there's just charts, and the charts are terrifying, and they keep saying we're going to be like Italy and America, and I don't know what that fully means. That I, you know, all these terms that that can make you just spiral before mm-hmm. eight a.m. And so I think it's really how you set the day. Okay, what am I going to do? Maybe it means you don't go straight to your phone. Identifying one thing. 
what's one thing you're really going to accomplish, whether it's in work or life, but okay, what's my one thing I'm going to accomplish? And just keep that at the forefront. I've had to accept that, you know, not everything's going to get done in every day. What is the priority? And then do that and have that set for the day. I mean, I think do one thing, whether it's, you know, I texted a bunch of girls today just to say, how are we doing? Mm-hmm. You know, is your business doing okay? What's the fallout for you? You know, checking in with people. And I think it's also being self-aware. It's being aware that we all have different levels of breaking points and we're all coming from that different point. I mean, I had a friend text me, I guess this morning, and she said one of her friends decided she didn't want to go on walks anymore because she's like really self-isolating. And she said that was what broke her. She said, I cried and cried and cried because I just, I have to be human. So that was my one chance to be the human that wasn't my mm-hmm. husband. That was her breaking point. And so really just acknowledging it is okay to have a breaking point and know that that's not going to be someone else's breaking point. I think it's okay to be informed, but I also don't think that there's enough information for us to make, make the best decision that day. I'm having to preach out to myself too, because I'm like, well, I'm trying to plan something for September and October, but what can you do in the next 30 days? What can you do? Like, I mean, can you do this week? Yeah. But just never going beyond that month, but just right. Right. What can I do? You know, having that period of grace and going, okay, what can I do? But I think that's helpful because I think the problem is, and I said, I think we were on this, like if we knew this was going to end July 13th, we'd be fine. Right. We would just go, it's going to suck till then and we'd be fine. But we don't have an end in sight when there's all this misinformation on what is actually going to happen. So I think just going, what's my goal for the week? What's my plan for the week? And also, like we talked about earlier, having that that boundaries, like you both had asked, but how do you have those boundaries? Mm -hmm. So if you need to FaceTime 10 people to feel good by the end of the week, then Mm -hmm. you put in 10 people. If you go, you know what, I'm actually getting too much stimulation because my kid's at home Mm -hmm. and they weren't supposed to be home. And now my self that had all this space doesn't have space and there's kids on top of me. And self-care looks like, okay, tonight I have to do this habit that I never had to do before. So I think it's also okay to develop new habits. I think people feel like, well, I want to keep my routine. I've developed a nightly bath habit alone. Yes. (laughs) But as I'm saying, I think that that's a really good action step. We're going to have new habits that we didn't have before. You know, I think it's good to keep with your old stuff as much as your routine as you can because it feels normal. Yeah. And no one wants to develop a new skill set. Yeah. It wasn't crazy. I I didn't develop a new workout routine. (laughs) But some people, you know, people joke but about do like, that but if it feels good for you. Gaining 15 pounds. But I think that, you know, there's all these things like Beachbody offering, you know, two weeks free. Yeah. I think that there's, there's opportunity on both ends. I think it's just really coming with this. What is going to be your mindset? You know, yeah. I, I told myself that I might have to do things I didn't want to do the next year. Yeah. I told myself the next 365 days might feel really hard as a result of this. But if I can do hard, it will lead to easier later. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we're just going to have to figure out, you know, what is it that we have to sacrifice? And what is the give and take? But I think those are kind of the things like, you know, finding boundaries, having grace for yourself, trying to do one thing outside of your own self and starting the day right. I think if we start the day on full on panic mode, you've just set the tone for the day. That's it. You know, that's it. We all know what it's like to go down the rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. And this is just the endless pit of rabbit holes. (laughs) You know, if you're going to do rabbit hole, look at all these good news stories. Wake up and run into, I'm going to go to this Instagram account. I'm going to read all the good news stories and rejoice in the fact that people are coming together and that the world is changing for the better. I mean, I have never actually gotten the internet and be able to find this many condensed good stories in my lifetime, honestly. I mean, the reason stories go viral is because they're so rare. Yeah. And in this case, it's a dime a dozen. And that's a great thing. I mean, people are constantly sharing good news. And so that also suggests to me that humanity is capable of a lot more than I think we thought we were capable of. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I agree. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for being here and for inducing a little positive light into all of the noise that's going on. I hope you guys walked away with some tactics that you can start implementing. If it feels good to you, if your bandwidth is open for it today, fantastic. Carrie, can you let us know where people can continue to learn from you and hear from you and hang out with you online? Yeah, my website's just carriegrace.com and then my Instagram and probably all my other socials, just Carrie Grace Shop. 
Awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome.